Bouncing ball fielded at the 25. Oh, you got to be kidding. Oh, look at this. This is Dan Connolly, the right guard. The right guard. Still going to the four yard line. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Hello, and welcome to this Super Wildcard Weekend episode of the Front Five football podcast with me Adrian Mallows and co-host Colton Cole will be bringing you the NFC on a separate recording after this short break I'm going to be back with my roundup of the AFC wildcard games Barber interception LeGarrette Blunt remains the back for Josh Freeman Freeman looks throws that's a touchdown Donald Penn on a tackle eligible play it's time now to look back at the wildcard weekend games from the AFC and I'm going to start with the Bills versus the Dolphins. The Bills O-line uh, starters were Spencer Brown, Roger Saffold, Mitch Morse, Ryan Bates and Dion Dawkins. They gave up seven sacks for 36 yards, only had one penalty, uh, but it wasn't an in-play penalty. It was uh, a penalty resulting uh, from a scuffle after an interception. I'm sure you've probably all seen the, the clips of Mitch Morse protecting his quarterback there. In the run game, did really well, helping average uh, 4.11 yards a rush. Uh, they were 9 of 16 on third down. As I mentioned, they looked really good in the run game, but at the same time, Looked a bit suspect in pass protection and the quarterback was uh, under pressure quite a lot. Um, and actually on 24.5% of all dropbacks, uh, the quarterback was under pressure. So quite a lot to figure out. They managed to come away with the win, but definitely a lot for that O-line to work on. Seven sacks in one game is just a, a terrible performance and, and can't all be put on the quarterback at some point. The O-line does need to step up and do their job there and uh, make sure that the QB isn't under pressure so much. Looking at the Dolphins O-line, uh, their starters were Connor Williams, Robert Jones, Robert Hunt, Lester Cotton and Teron Armstead. Uh, they only gave up four sacks for 31 yards. They were held, however, to 42 rushing yards on 20 plays, only four of 16 on third down. Um, the QB was pressured on 25.5% of dropbacks. They gave up four penalties and um, all were false start penalties thanks to that crowd noise up in Buffalo. Quite often the quarterback was on the move a lot trying to make plays and ultimately um, the injuries on the O-line and at QB uh, cost the Dolphins that game. We move on now to the Chargers versus the Jaguars. I'm going to start with the Chargers O-line. So the Chargers starters going into the game were Trey Pipkins, Jamari Sawyer, Matt Feeler, Zion Johnson and Corey Lindsay. In total they gave up three sacks for 20 yards, were 8 of 17 on third down only 67 rushing yards um, and gave up three penalties. Looking at the uh, QB pressure stat, as I'm going to do quite a lot this week, managed to uh, find it in the Pro Football Reference uh, breakdown, which is a, a very handy stat to have because we're torn, I think, between myself and Colton in terms of where the sack should go against the quarterback and the O-line, something we've talked about before and I'm sure is going to be a debate that's going to be ongoing throughout many weeks of this podcast as to who the, the sack stat should go against. But if the sacks aren't going to go against the quarterback as, as Colton would like them to, then at least by looking at the pressures, it gives you some idea of how the O-line was performing in the past game for me. So uh, as I mentioned there, QB was pressured on 27.7% of dropbacks. Very, very high there. So that's nearly a third of all dropbacks being under pressure. So not great there. Um, they started strong though, um, helping the team build a 27-point lead, but struggled a lot in the second half, leading ultimately to their loss against the Jaguars. 
On the other side, we've got the Jags O-line starters of Tyler Shatley, Brandon Sharif, Walker Little, great name, Juwan Taylor and Luke Fortner. I thought they played really well throughout the game. The team's early struggles were more due to the QB's decision-making rather than anything against the O-line. And when you look at the QB pressure rate, the QB was only pressured on 18% of dropbacks and was only sacked two times for 15 yards. So again, that's why I mentioned there that the early struggle was more on the the QB decision-making, throwing three interceptions um, as opposed to being caused by pressure from the O-line not doing its job. Didn't give up any penalties at all during the game. Helps clear the way for 117 rushing yards. Um, they were only 2 of 10 on third down, but again, for me, that was more on the quarterback rather than the O-line. All in all, a really solid performance from that Jaguars O-line, and definitely my performance of the week goes to that Jaguars O-line. We're going to finish off now with the Bengals versus the Ravens. Going to start with the Bengals O-line. The starters this week were Hakeem Adeyemi, Jonah Williams, Cordell Volson, Matt Sharping, and Ted Karras. They went into this game missing two starters on their O-line, uh, being guard Alex Kappa and tackle Lyle Collins, who were both on injured reserve. In this game, they gave up four sacks for 26 yards, had two penalties, both of them for holding, only cleared the way for 51 rushing yards, but were 7 of 13 on third down. Um, in total, the QB was pressured on 20.5% of dropbacks. Ultimately, they did enough though to scrape through thanks to a massive scoop and score from the Bengals' defence. Finishing off now with the Ravens O-line. Uh, starters were Ronnie Stanley, Morgan Moses, Kevin Zeitler, Ben Powers and Tyler Linderbaum. They only gave up two sacks for 17 yards, had 155 rushing yards, only one penalty. They were, however, only three of 11 on third down, but went two of three on fourth down. They allowed 21.2% pressure on all dropbacks. And ultimately, this game was decided by the O-line not getting a big enough push at the goal line, and which led to the QB having to try and jump over to get the touchdown, which led to the fumble, which led to the score, which led to the game being over and the Ravens going home. So <laughs> there you go. Shows how the O-line can have such a, a big impact on the game. If they'd just been able to push those defenders back a little bit more, then the Ravens QB goes in for... Uh, the go-ahead score and that could be a completely different game and we could be looking at different games for the divisional round weekend so that's my wrap-up of the wildcard weekend games and after this short break I'm going to be back with my look ahead to the divisional round which includes the notable injuries for each of the O-lines for this weekend. Great clock rolling again third and goal. Play fake and then wide wide open. Tackle eligible. <laughs> we go right out here like this. Tackle eligible. There is no eligible receiver on the line of scrimmage. And watch this dance. This may be the best one I've ever seen. Okay, so it's time to look ahead to those divisional round matchups. Going to start with the Bengals versus the Bills. Going into this game, Bengals tackle Jonah Williams is out with a dislocated knee. And uh, he could be replaced by either Deontay Smith. Trey Hill or Jackson Carmen will know obviously when their game starts, but it will be one of those three that replaces Jonah Williams. On the Bills side, it's like to remain the same starting five from the wildcard weekend. So again, as I mentioned earlier, they really need to step up against that Bengals defense if, if the Bills are going to have success this weekend. But I think the biggest question going into this game from an offensive line point of view is being down three starters. How is that going to affect the Bengals O-line? 
will they be able to get any form of run game going to protect their quarterback and maybe give the uh, quarterback a bit more time rather than just having the Bills defense rushing them 24-7 because if you don't have a run game and you're constantly dropping back to pass, then we all know the D-line just uh, pin their ears back and just keep chasing and it's going to be a a long day for their quarterback if they can't get anything uh, going in the run game. For me, it's not going to surprise anyone, but I'm picking the, the Bills to win. It's going to be a really, really close game. And like I say, ultimately, cliche time here, but ultimately it's going to be won and lost in the trenches and it's not the right time for the Bengals to be down three starting linemen. And I think that's ultimately what leads to uh, Bill's win this week. Again, albeit a close one. Um, I think the current spread is is less than a touchdown um, and that seems about right. You can see this being either sort of, you know, one, two, three points, something like that. Either way, maybe a game-winning field goal as time expires or or even over time after both teams have possessed it. So, um, yeah, going to be interesting and we'll wait and see how that game plays out. Going to finish with the other divisional round game. We see the introduction of the Kansas City Chiefs fresh off their bye and being the number one seed in the AFC um, as they play host to the Jaguars. Looking at the Jags O-line, um, Sharif and Fortner are listed as questionable, but in all likelihood, they're going to play. Looking at the Chiefs O-line, uh, all starters are looking good, so expect to see Orlando Brown Jr., Joe Tunney, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Andrew Wiley all lining up up front for the Chiefs. Looking at this game, I know the Jags have, have been on a roll of late, and I mentioned earlier that it were my performance of the week for the O-line, but I actually think it's going to be the Chiefs O-line that's going to dominate this game. I see them winning. It may be close, but ultimately, I think the Chiefs O-line are going to be able to resist that pressure from the Jacksonville defense, keep their all-star QB on his feet, and he's just going to control the game. So two big games there to look ahead to for the divisional round. Hoping both will be close. But we'll see how it goes. As long as the Bills win, uh, I will be a happy person. But, you know, we'll wait and see how that goes. Um, so just to recap real quick before I sign off, Bills win, Chiefs win, what I'm expecting this week, mainly because of uh, the events on the O-line. Like I say, Bengals being down, three starters, Chiefs being fresh, having all their starters. And with how well the O-line's been playing this year, I think they're going to be able to do enough to to get the win there. So see how that goes. Enjoy the games this weekend. It's going to be two great games. Go Bills!